gentlemen, welcome to Oral Presentations Podcast. This is episode 81, and it's called Ancient Greek Theater Comprehension Test, Oedipus Rex. What's up? How you doing? We're going to cover the story of Oedipus Rex, which is an old ancient Greek play. I had known it by name, and if you know anything about it, I mean, I think the one popular rumor about this play is that the guy has a bunch of sex with his mom. That's really all I knew about it. I knew I wanted to do the story because I've heard it referenced so much, and that's the only thing I knew about it, is just a lot of mom sex. And honestly, that's why I, re I really didn't want to look into it more than that, because it was like, how much more salacious can it get? I mean, I feel like I know the high point or low point, depending on how you look at it. I mean, I know the most interesting thing about it, I feel like. But, they do this in high school, I don't know the actual story of it. And it was another thing that, like, I caught myself being like, yeah, I already know everything about it. No, you don't, dude. All, all I knew was that the guy has sex with his mom at some point. That's all I really know. And it's supposed to be one of the great plays of all time. So I knew I wanted to do Oedipus Rex, but it's just, a, I didn't want to look up a play and be like, yeah, here's what's up with the play. So I was poking around and check this out, right? So it's a, it's a comprehension test. I did one of these before on Patreon with the play Macbeth. Okay, so when I did Macbeth, I found an old BBC recording of the of an audio play of Macbeth. I also did not know the story of Macbeth at all. I knew even less of it. I, I didn't even know anything Macbeth was doing in that play. I know at least Oedipus apparently has sex with his mom. That's my one that was my one clue going into this, right? So anyway, I did the Macbeth comprehension episode, and so the rules of that one on Patreon, that was like a year ago. I had to listen to it. I got to listen to it one time all the way through. I forget how long it was, but I only gave myself, like, two pauses. I'm only allowed to pause it twice. I'm not allowed to rewind it. I'm only allowed to do it one time all the way through. Now, I'm allowed to take all the notes I want while I'm listening to it. But, again, only two pauses. You got to do it straight shot. Now, I did use my two pauses during the Oedipus Rex thing. But, if you want to play along at home and see if you can figure out what the hell's going on in this play. Because that was my whole goal here. So, I found a version of Oedipus Rex. It's on YouTube. There's less than 3,000 views. I don't know who put it up. It's actually a pretty good quality. But it's an ancient Greek play, right? So if you want to look it up at home, it's William, uh, search in YouTube, William Shatner, 1957, Oedipus Rex. Now this is the film version of the Can Canadian Stratford Festival version of the William Butler Yeats adaptation of the play Oedipus Rex by Sophocles. It runs an hour and 27 minutes long. Again, if you want to play at home with the same rules, you can go ahead and just hit pause now and see what you can get out of that. If you want to play at home, you get two pauses, take them whenever you'd like. Again, you're dealing with an hour and 27 minutes total. You're not allowed to rewind. But you are allowed to have a legal pad and take all the notes you want. Now, when I did Oedipus Rex, I made myself as comfortable as possible. I put on headphones. I tried to make no more noise going out here. Had the lights down low. I concentrated as much as I could. I had a legal pad and I used, uh, I used a black Sharpie. The, one of those with the two ends, with like the fine and with the big. Because I wanted to have as many tools as possible. Because the play... It's an ancient Greek play, so they're doing the thing where they wear the masks and everybody's got, like, robes on. So you can't really tell a whole lot from facial expression. And they also speak in, I don't think it's ancient Greece, and I don't know what it exactly is. It's just difficult to listen to. 
I don't know if it's Shakespearean or what. And that's coming from me, which I understand if anybody who was like back in the day enjoyed this play, listened to me speak English, they'd probably say a similar thing about me, which is like, I don't even get, I can't understand anything this idiot's saying. So, you know, I understand. It's just not the type of language I usually listen to. But it's an hour and 27 minutes, ancient Greek theater comprehension test. So the way this episode is going to work, I got my notes to my left. I'm going to pick those up. And then, to the best of my ability, I'm going to tell you what the plot of Oedipus Rex is. Again, that's, you know how I got it. Watching a William Shatner version from 57, one time through, two pauses. So I'm going to go through that, and then I'm going to play a little snippet of the, of the intro song. Right? And then we'll come on back. And then I also have the actual plot synopsis of Oedipus Rex printed out. So we're going to guess and check live on this episode. I don't know how... I actually feel pretty confident in this one. I'm not I'm not lying. And the Macbeth one, I was pretty lost. A couple of different times. I think the Macbeth one was longer and there was, there, was nothing, there was nothing to look at. It was just a radio play. Having something to look at, even though it's just people in masks that kind of look like space costumes. If you watch it, it looks like a low-budget sci-fi film from like 57. They definitely could have... Swapped out some some of that wardrobe, like use this for like a space ambassador robe and stuff. But anyway, even just having something to look at for who's talking made it way, way easier than just the radio play thing. Because the radio play with Macbeth was also in like old English language and that was a struggle. I got a number of things wrong on that one, but that was a while ago. So the show, we've done a, done a bunch more episodes. Maybe we got better at this, although I doubt it. I think it's just having something to look at. And then taking it seriously and having done this once before, sort of, kind of helped. So, all right, Chris, quit stalling. Let's go ahead and uh, let's run down to the best of my ability what the plot of Oedipus Rex is, according to the 1957 William Shatner play that's on YouTube that's spoken in, like, Old English or some sort of something, and then everybody's got masks on. Okay, here we go. Ancient Greek theater comprehension test, Oedipus Rex by Sophocles. All right. So it opens up, and this is even before any sort of play stuff gets going. There's some guy who gives you like a heads up, this is what we're doing, right? And I was eating this information up. I was like, nice, this is not cheating. This is in the video. This guy is telling me shit. I need, because again, the only clue I got coming into this is whoever Oedipus is does hump his mom at one point in time. So I'm looking for more clues before I even get in there, right? All right, so this guy comes out first, and he starts talking about, okay, so... This play is known as the Tragedy of King Oedipus. It's 2,000 years old. And the play was initially like a religious offering that was done, what, I think it was the to Dionysus. I'm not sure exactly what god it is. But that's the history of this play. And also I took a clue from Tragedy of King Oedipus because I know in ancient Greek tragedy, I think the only difference between tragedy and comedy is that tragedy, everybody dies, and then comedy, things work out. I think that's how ancient Greece devise these things, but this isn't really an information episode. This is a comprehension test episode, so don't take my word on that one. Maybe look that one up, but just, I heard the guy said tragedy out front, so aside from Oedipus hooking up with his mom, I was also pretty sure he's going to die. So, alright, play opens up. Location. Somebody said they're hanging out in Thebes, and it's at the king's house, and then they say it's King Oedipus's house, and then, like, there's other people outside his house, but they're just, like, kind of gray and sad, and they complain a lot, and they, they're carrying wool. So there's, like, a mob of kind of people that are all bummed out, out in front of this, and, you know, the play all takes place in, like, one location, so you have to kind of imagine 
where the hell all this is happening. Anyway, so first setting is outside the king's house. It's King Oedipus. So we're already starting out at the beginning of the play. Oedipus is already a king. I thought the play was going to like follow him through boyhood and then how like he starts liking his mom a little bit. No, I did, I thought that he was just, I thought we were going to follow the whole, I thought he ended up being a king. He starts being a king, right? So opens up, we're outside of King Oedipus's house. There's people outside, they're all like gray and they were talking, but this is where they first brought up Queen Jocasta is married to Oedipus. All right, so we got the queen's name, we got Oedipus who's already a king. And then we also found out that the Queen Jocasta used to be with a king named Laosh. And that was before Oedipus. But now Jocasta is married to Oedipus, or king and queen of Thebes. Cool. Now, the gray people out front are still... Uh, they also say that Oedipus became king because when he came to town, there was a sphinx who was telling people riddles and confusing everybody. But then Oedipus was able to solve the riddles of the Sphinx to become king. That's what I thought I heard him said, or heard him say. And then after after he solved the Sphinx's riddles, he hooked up with Jocasta, and then they became king and queen. That's what I thought I heard there. Okay, so out of the house, into the hanging out with the people who are sad and gray out front is a dude who's all gold, and I think that the, yo, this has to be Oedipus. He's already a king. And I think, and this is Shatner playing Oedipus. You could see him puff his chest out and overact it a little bit. I love it. So Oedipus comes out dressed in gold, and he comes out to the people, and he's like, "Hey, man, you guys are all bummed out. What can I do for you? Because apparently things are not so good in Thebes right now. Oedipus is doing his best to run the country, but things are not going so hot. So he asked the the sad people with the wool outside, like, "Yo, what can I do for you?" They're like, "We need. Yeah, there's a famine. We got no food. Pretty bummed out all the time. Anything you can do." Help us out, man. And so Oedipus is like, well, it hurts me too that you guys are hurting, obviously. So I've tried a lot of different stuff. And Oedipus says the one thing he did was that he sent this dude named Crown Crayon. I spelled it like Crayola Crown the whole time. I don't know what this guy's name. That's what it sounds like. It's Crayon, right? So Oedipus, Oedipus is like, I sent this dude Crayon to the Orca Delphi to figure out what the hell we can do to get rid of this famine. That's my best mission right now. So everybody in gray is like, all right, cool. And then somebody's like, yo, Crayon is back. The guy that Oedipus sent, he came back. So I was glad they said that in the play because I missed Crayon's name the first time they said it. So anyway, Crayon's back. And then the gray people out front are like, hey, man, what they said, what the Oracle say? How do we get rid of this famine or whatever's messing up Thebes? And then Crayon's like, all right. So the Oracle of Delphi said, we got to drive out this bad thing. There's a bad thing here. Not sure who it is, but so the bad thing that we got to drive out is that somebody murdered the prior king, Leosh, before Oedipus was king. So we got to catch the murderer of the prior king we had before Oedipus because he's somewhere around here. And if we do that and then we either kill him or banish him, the famine's going to go away. That's what the Oracle of Delphi said. And so then they start talking about like, all right, well, how, what do we know about who killed Leosh, how come we haven't solved that yet? And they're like, all right, well, he got killed out in the country. There was one witness, but then that guy ran and we couldn't really find him. So we never really solved what happened to that dude. And then honestly, once we got looking, that Sphinx with all the riddles showed up. And then he was he was saying friendlies menu puzzles to everybody and we couldn't really keep up. So we got confused and then Oedipus showed up and then solved that guy's 
crossword puzzle, and then he became king. So honestly, the murder investigation kind of fell by the wayside. So Oedipus is like, all right, well, if that's what the oracle said, I'll figure this shit out. We'll get rid of this famine. It's cool. We got to find whoever killed Lionos because, one, we got to solve, I like justice, and two, whoever killed that king may come and try to kill me. So we got to figure this out together. At this point in time, everybody in the scene just says, like, all right, good game. They have a break, and then the gray people start complaining slash singing together. I think that that's a device in theater here because it happens a couple of times. Once, like, a scene is over, the gray people just start doing songs or moving around in a sad way, or one of them gets real animated. I think that's just a way to have, like, the actors move around for the next scene. But anyway, the gray people are saying some stuff, and then they eventually said, like, death, God be gone. They're, they're trying to make death go away. They're having a hard time with the famine. All right, next scene. Oh, they, the, the gray people also start asking Zeus to, like, hit somebody with a, with a lightning bolt. The lyrics get kind of weird, and they're, like, in-between chant there. All right. Next scene, Oedipus shows up. He's like, uh, all right, you guys are praying. Uh, if you do what I say, I'll be able to fix this thing, but I need your help, right? So Oedipus is like, whoever knows who killed King Linus, please tell me. Worst case scenario, if you're guilty and stuff, I'm, worst case scenario, I'm going to give you banishment. I'm not going to kill you. Best case scenario, if you got information that leads to his capture, I'll give you some money and stuff. And then he's like, all right, but if you do know stuff and then you keep quiet, I swear to God, I'll run your family out of this land. I swear to God, I'll consider you guilty and I'll kill you, dude. I am not messing around. I got to fix this shit. And then Oedipus is like, I'm going to find the murderer of liars because that will, that will fix everything. Like, which kind of sounds redundant there when he says it again, but he says it that second time and he's like singing it. He does, he puts a little, he puts a little show into it when he's, he's still talking to the gray people about like, yo, I need somebody to tell me what the hell happened here. Alright, so then, and then at the very end, he's like, if you get in my way, uh, I hope you starve. Alright, so then the sad gray people are like, we understand, but we don't know who did it. You should probably ask our seer, who's like a fortune-telling guy, I think. And then one of the gray people was like, oh, also, we know that, like, road, like road travelers killed Linus, but that's all we really know, because that's what our seer said. Anyway, you should definitely talk to our seer. Alright, at this point in time... A dude who's, like, pale white, he's got, like, an alien head, but it's got, like, tentacles at the bottom for, like, a gross-looking beard. This is a weird-looking mask. This is definitely the strangest-looking guy in the play, I think. I'm It's like an alien head from the fourth kind, that Mila Jovovich movie where people are getting sucked up in Alaska. This blind prophet has one of those heads, and he's just kind of got, like, a cape on. He sort of looks like a Muppet, but he's too scary for a Muppet, honestly. You can't put that... That'd be like a Dark Crystal Muppet. You can't show that to kids, dude. Don't fucking scare them. All right, so Blind Prophet shows up. Cool, he's going to talk to Oedipus. Oedipus is like, yo, man, what's up? We got to find Linos' killer. We got to stop this famine. And then the Blind Prophet's like, yo, go away. You're a fool. Oedipus is like, come on, man, please help. And then Blind Prophet is like, the future will reveal itself in time. And then Oedipus is like, come on, dude. I think you did it, Blind Prophet. And then Blind Prophet's like, you are the defiler of this land. So Oedipus is confused there. Then Blind Prophet is like, dude, I'm telling you, you did it. You're living with your next of kin. And Oedipus is all huffy and buffy right now. He's pretty pissed. And he's like, endless night for you. And then Blind Prophet's like, yo, I'm not going to kill you. Apollo's going to kill you. And then Oedipus takes a beat and he's like, real quick, did Crayon plan this? Can you just tell me that, Blind Prophet? And then Blind Prophet's like, you're your own worst enemy. And then Oedipus is like, 
I knew that Crayon did this shit for sure. I know it. Even though you're not telling me, I'm telling I, I'm pretty sure it's a conspiracy and it's that guy, Crayon. And then uh, Oedipus yells pretty weird. Which is a funny part if you watch the play. You can definitely see William Shatner doing like from his middle, like just chest yelling strangely. I don't know. The whole thing's kind of a trip to watch. All right. Then the blind prophet's like, all right, I only answer to Apollo. You are your own worst enemy here. Your mother and father like me, by the way. And Oedipus is like, all right, well, I got to get out of here. And then blind prophet's like, yo, real quick. I'm, I just said that your parents thought I was pretty cool. Also, the man who killed Linos is here. He was a guy from Thebes. He's rich now and he used to be poor. And then he also used to be blind, but now he can see. And then the blind prophet starts rolling around on the ground and like moaning and stuff on the steps. And then I don't know if he dies or not, but he stops talking. He does a, he does like a roll around and then he's, he's done. And then Oedipus is like, all right, I'm going inside. All right. Cut to Crayon shows up outside. Now, uh, he, Crayon's like, yo, what's up? Great people that hang outside this house all day. How you guys doing? And then the great people are like, Oedipus was just mad. He said that, like, he thinks that you're conspiring against him. But we think he was just pissed, dude. I don't think that was a real thing. And then Oedipus comes out of the house to see Crayon. And Oedipus is like, yo, traitor, you are my enemy. And then he, like, recaps what happens where he's like, I bet, like, you were... You're conspiring against me or something. Oedipus is pretty heated when he comes out and sees Crayon here. And then Crayon's like, wait, hold up, dude. Aren't you married to my sister? I'm not against you. I'm just, I, Dude, if you don't believe me, I'm telling you. I went to the Oracle of Delphi. You can go to the Oracle of Delphi yourself. I told you what they told me. I'm not lying to you. I'm not planning against you. And then Oedipus is like, all right, I sentence you to death. At this point in time... A lady in blue comes out of the house. I didn't know who this was. This is Oedipus's wife, Lyrica, right? And so Lyrica, lady in blue, comes out, and Crayon and Oedipus are arguing amongst all these gray people with some wool on them. So Lyrica comes out, and she's like, everybody stop arguing. Stop talking shit out here. Everybody's got to go home. And then Oedipus is like, all right, if I'm guilty, then I have to die or I have to leave. Crayon, get out of here. He, like, tells Crayon to leave. And then Crayon's like, all right, dude, I gotta go. I'll see you. And then Crayon leaves. All right. Lyrica then says to Oedipus, honey, why are you upset? And then Oedipus is like, I'm mad. Crayon uh, is plotting against me. I'm almost positive. And then he also said that I killed King Linus, which is not cool. And then Lyrica is like, look, I used to be, like, Linus used to be my husband. So, like... When we were young, he had a prophecy that his son would kill him. So then when we had a son, King Linus threw his son onto like, and I miss what this was. I think it's like a gravel mountain. I don't know. Anyway, so like when his current wife, Lyrica, talks about how she used to be with like the, her ex, Linus, who used to be the king before Oedipus showed up. She tells Oedipus that like they had a reading and then they had a kid and the reading said that the kid was going to kill the dad. So then the dad threw the kid on like a pile of gravel somewhere. And so then Oedipus is like, oh no, I think I killed, I think I killed the king. I think I killed, I think I am the murderer. I think I'm causing the famine here. And then Lyrica's like, yeah, well, there was like one witness uh, when you showed up to the king's murder. Because 
Oedipus showed up when that Sphinx was telling riddles and stuff, and everybody was kind of up in the air with what happened in the murder. So then Lyrica tells Oedipus, like, yeah, well, when you showed up to, like, out-riddle that Sphinx, that we did have one witness from the murder, because it was pretty recent, but then he ran away. We don't really know where he's at now. And Oedipus is like, if you know who that guy is, you gotta go get that guy, because I gotta ask him if I killed my dad. And then Lyrica's like, Why? And then Oedipus kind of has a heart attack a little bit, or William Shatner's overacting, depending on how you look at it. And then he, he just kind of confesses through heart attack talk that, like, Apollo told me I was going to kill my dad. He's having a hard time. This is, this is a lot for a guy to deal with. So then Oedipus is like, all right, well, I, I, like, I, I know the location you guys are talking about. They say something about the king was killed at like a, a three-way crossroads, like a, a specific type of road structure, like a circle on 130. Like, you know where those things are at. And so Oedipus is like, yo, I used to be at that. I remember I was at that, like, that circle on 130 where the king got killed. I was there, dude. So, like, I am kind of freaking out about this. Maybe I killed my dad. Honestly, here's what happened. I was there, and I saw a carriage, and I... I think he he punched the carriage driver and then there was like a rich guy with gray hair in the carriage and then the rich guy with gray hair punched Oedipus because Oedipus was just like some dude who punched his driver on the road. So the rich guy punched Oedipus and Oedipus hit him in the head with a stick and then the, the guy from inside the carriage fell out of the carriage after he got bopped on the head with a stick and then Oedipus killed everybody. And that's how he describes it too. He's like, and then I killed everybody. He starts screaming like, he gets really into telling this story because apparently the king was traveling with the driver and then like four other people and Oedipus went wild with a stick, dude. He went Donatello and just killed everyone out there. So he confesses this to Lyrica because he's pretty scared that he killed his dad. And so then with everybody watching, Oedipus is like, yo, seriously, you got to go get that guy, that one witness, because if he comes up here and he says that like I saw who killed the king and it was multiple people, I'm good and I'm just freaking out and kind of bugging maybe it's just sort of spiral thing, some depression thing I'm not used to. But if he comes up here and says it was one guy and it was with a stick, I'm telling you, I killed all those people, man. We got to go get that guy. So then his wife, Lyrica's like, all right, well, I'll go get him. Come on inside, hon. So end of scene. Guys outside are saying hopeless stuff again. It's that in-between thing where just like the gray people outside are saying mopey shit. All right, so then after that, Lyrica comes out. And, he, and she's, like, giving an offering to Apollo. She has, like, some sort of incense. She's, like, sage in the house because things are kind of weird, you know? So she's got, like, a bowl of sage. She's walking around the gray people. And then, new character. This is an old dude from Corinth, which is a different city from Thebes. Just a, this, And I think this is also where Oedipus originally came from, right? So, old dude from Corinth with, like, a shepherd stick shows up while Lyrica's outside lighting the sage to get the evil spirits away. Old dude from Corinth is like, hey, King Polymus is dead. Which, I don't know who the hell this was at this point. So then Lyrica's like, oh, thank God. Uh, he, like, Oedipus hated King Polymus. And it's cool he's dead now. I kind of got lost at this point, guys. I When the old guy from Corinth showed up, I was dragging, you know? Alright. But then at some point in time, like, the prophecy was disproven... So, I, 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 okay, I think what happened here is that Oedipus grew up in Corinth, and he grew up under King Polymus of Corinth. And then once King Polymus died, and then this old guy from Corinth shows up and is like, yo, King Polymus died. I think that Oedipus takes this as a sign 
that the curse is total bullshit and all this is just made up in his head because his actual dad just died in a castle. And he asked him, like, what did he die of? And the old man from Corinth is like, I don't know, he was really old. He just died, dude. So I think Oedipus sees this as like, oh, the curse is totally not real. I'm good to go. And then the old man from Corinth, after Oedipus says that, is like, yo, Polybus was not your real dad. And Oedipus is like, what? And that old man from Corinth is like, here's the thing. When you were a baby, I gave you to King Polymus. He didn't, he was trying to have a baby and him and his wife were having problems. And then I found, I had this baby and I was like, I know the king's a good guy. I gave him, I gave him the baby. You aren't actually his son. So then Oedipus is sitting here waiting for that shepherd witness to show up. And he's like, all right, does anybody know the one shepherd witness guy? This old man from Corinth has solved nothing. So then Lyrica's wife comes out after she's done lighting the sage. And she's like, don't listen to that old man from Corinth. Give it up, dude. And then Oedipus is like, dude, I'm telling you, go get that shepherd, please. And then Lyrica just breaks down and starts crying. And then Oedipus kind of has a weird... It feels like this didn't really fit. I don't know where this comes into the plot, but Oedipus, a.k.a. Shatner, starts talking about how he was, like, born out of luck. That's what he just kept saying. Is that, like, I'm born out... Of, it was, like, a half song again. I don't know. Anyway, that's how that scene ends. And then the gray people outside start singing again about Oedipus. I missed the lyrics of this one. I don't know what the hell they were singing about. All right. Cut to Oedipus being like, where is that shepherd witness, dude? And that old man from Corinth who's still hanging out outside after Oedipus comes back out is like, yo, that's the guy. So Oedipus is like, all right, witness shepherd who's now hanging out with us. Did you used to work for King Linus? And then this like shepherd witness is like, yep. And then Oedipus is like, all right, do you remember this old man from Corinth? Do you know him? And then the witness shepherd is like, no, nah, I don't know that guy. And then the old man from Corinth is like, dude, shut up. We were neighbors for three years. Remember when we were shepherding next to each other? And then do you remember you gave me a baby boy? Look at this king. This king is him. I'm telling you, I'm trying to sort this all out. You gave me that baby. You're looking at this king named Oedipus right now. This is that baby, dude. So then uh, the shepherd witness is like, yeah, old man from Corinth, you can't be telling people this. And Oedipus is like, did you do this? And then the witness is like, yeah, I did that. And Oedipus is like, was it, please tell me it was like your kid, dude. Please tell me that you're my dad and that you just got a kid and you gave it away. And then the witness shepherd is like, nah, it was King Linus's kid, man. Your wife, Lyrica, gave it to me to get rid of it because of an evil prophecy that, like, you were going to kill your dad. And then, uh, so here's the thing. I had a little baby boy, you know, your dad, I, I had you and I just felt bad for you. I knew King Polymus is a good dude, so I gave you to him. And, you know, this is how we are. And then I just went and worked in the fields because that, like, Sphinx was asking riddles and shit. And then the shepherd witness is like, if this is all true, you must be the most miserable man. Salt in the wound on that. And then Oedipus is like, I'm cursed. And then he lists like a lot of different ways he's cursed. He's pretty sad. And then he leaves. That's the end of the scene. Great people singing again. Oh, I missed my first pause. I took my first pause at 34 minutes. And I, uh, I stretched and got some water and then went back into it. This is the second pause. This was at an hour and nine minutes and 50 seconds in. And I had a uh, what is that? macaroni and bacon lean cuisine as a break and then I got right back to it. So my my first pause is at 34 minutes, my second pause is at 109.50. All right. 
Coming back, we got a new guy who busts in, coming off the second break. I had never seen this character before. This guy has a silver face and a black cloak. I think he was like the coolest looking character. I don't know who this guy was, but anyway, this dude shows up and he starts talking to the gray people outside. And so the silver face black cloak guy is like, yo, the queen's dead. And then after he says the queen's dead, somebody, like a heckler in the gray people, it made me laugh, was like, miserable woman! I don't know why that guy said that. Everybody else is pretty sad, but some dude just rips a miserable woman from, like, middle of nowhere. I don't know why that's in there. Anyway, so silver face black cloak guy's like, queen's dead. She died by her own hand. She found out about all this craziness with the old man from Corinth, and then that shepherd witness, and she feels bad about it. So then she ran inside, she locked her bedroom door, she was upset, talking about the curse, and then we don't really know what was going on, and then Oedipus busted in the house, and he was like, yo, where is my mom slash wife? Also, I need a sword right now, so people were kind of weird about what was going on there, and then Oedipus busted in to Lyrica, his like mom slash wife's bedroom, and then this is where we saw that the queen had already hung herself, you know, and then Oedipus is pretty bummed out, dude. So then he, uh, he takes his wife's body down, Lyrica, what, mom wife, whatever you want to call it, takes her down from hanging herself, and then she's got two, like, old lady brooch pins, I'm not gonna say, you know, people wear them, I don't know about style, but, like, like, piano teachers wear these kind of brooches, you know what I'm saying, where they got, like, pictures in the middle, where it's, like, uh, like, like, I don't know, you know what the hell I'm talking about, anyway, so he takes his wife down from hanging her, she's got a couple brooches on, so Oedipus is, like, He's about as sad as he's ever been. So then he grabs these two brooches off his wife, mom's dress. And then he just, uh, he puts them in his eyes to blind himself. Just smashes them in his eyes uh, so he can't see. And then, yeah, I mean, that doesn't really help anything. That makes the situation worse because now Oedipus has made himself blind. And uh, he has to be banished or he has to die because the famine's still going. So he's in a tough spot here. So, Oedipus with no eyes in a, oh, oh, he changes to a red cloak after he puts the brooches in his eyes. He comes out and he's got like a red cloak on and he's got like a black wedding veil over his face. I'm not sure, but it helped me pay attention to know that like, oh, this is the Oedipus who messed his own eyes up. I know that this guy has changed in some way. Because other than that, the characters are kind of static with masks and what they're wearing. Alright, so Oedipus comes out, no eyes, red cloak, having a hard time. Comes out and one of like the sad gray people who I guess was his friend is like, hey man, you know, where'd you get the courage to put your own eyes out? And Oedipus is like Apollo. And honestly, I can't look at anybody in the face anymore. I got so much shame about what's going on. I must be banished. I am an unclean thing. I killed my dad. I have brought uncleanliness to Thebes. Or is it, is it Thebes? I don't even know if the town's Thebes. Can't remember the tea town he lives in i think it's thebes anyway so then the friend's like all right that sucks man i gotta get out of here and oedipus is like hide me or kill me and then this is when crayon enters and now crayon is king because everybody's kind of decided i mean i guess oedipus could technically still be king but he's going through a lot so i think it's time for crayon to be king here so enter crayon he's going to talk to oedipus who's got the brooches in his eyes now and crayon's like hey man What's up? I haven't come to make fun of you. And Oedipus is like, I mean, no. look, I'm having a hard time. Can you please just watch over my daughters for me? I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. I've had a couple of things happen. And then Oedipus's daughters come in and they're in red cloaks with silver faces. And then Oedipus says like nice things to his daughter. 
and tells Crayon to protect them. Crayon says okay, and then Oedipus is like, please banish me from this country. And then Crayon's like, don't seek to lead people. You were doing that, and you couldn't keep it until the end. Don't you ever do that again. And then at the very end, the great people sing, call no man fortunate who is not dead. The dead are free from pain. The end. Now, that is my best guess at what happened in that play. Now we're going to play the song just real quick. We'll come on back, and then I'm going to read the plot summary, and we'll see how close we got, you know? I feel all right about it, honestly. I got lost a little bit, but I feel okay about it. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. How'd we do? Oedipus synopsis. Let's see how close we got. This is from, like, uh, it's like ancient-literature.com. I don't know. I felt good about that website. I was like, nice. This, they got the good stuff. All right, here we go. Oedipus, plot synopsis. As the play opens, a priest and the chorus of Theban elders are calling on King Oedipus to aid them with the plague which has been sent by Apollo to ravage the city. Oedipus has already sent Crayon, his brother-in-law, to consult the oracle at Delphi on the matter. And when Crayon returns at that very moment, he reports that the plague will only end when the murder of their former king, Laos, Laos, I'm definitely, I pronounced that 19 different ways, is caught and brought to justice. Oedipus vows to find the murderer and curses him for the plague that he has caused. I missed the cursed him part, missed that. But, broad strokes, didn't miss, didn't miss all that. Alright, Oedipus also summons the blind prophet Tessarius, missed his name who claims to know the answers to Oedipus's questions but refuses to speak. He was kind of tough to talk to, it's true. Lamenting his ability to see the truth when the truth brings nothing but pain. He advises Oedipus to abandon his search, but when the enraged Oedipus accuses Blind Prophet, they said his name again, but I'm not even going to try it, Tyrusus, Blind Prophet, of complicity in the murder, Blind Prophet is provoked into telling the king the truth, that he himself is the murderer. Oedipus dismisses this as nonsense, accusing the prophet of being corrupted by the ambitious Crayon in an attempt to undermine him. And Blind Prophet leaves, putting forth one last riddle, that the murderer of Laios will turn out to be both father and brother of his own children, <clears throat> and the son of his own wife. I missed that last part. I just saw him rolling around on the steps. Alright. Oedipus demands that Crayon be executed. Convinced that he is conspiring against him, and only the intervention of the chorus persuades him to let Crayon live. I Nope. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did get... I did... He was, like, mad at Crayon. I thought he was still talking about Blind Prophet. My bad. Then Oedipus's wife, Jocasta, tells him he should take no notice of prophets and oracles anyway because many years ago, she and King Laios received an oracle which never came true. This prophecy said that Laios would be killed by his own son, but as everyone knows, Laios was actually killed by bandits at a crossroads on the way to Delphi. The mention of crossroads causes Oedipus to give pause and he suddenly becomes worried 
that blind prophet's accusations may have been true. I didn't catch all of this exactly, but like some of, I'm, I'm not as far, I'm all right. Oedipus, oh, I'm sorry. When a messenger from Corinth arrives, old man from Corinth, with news of the death of King Polybus, Oedipus shocks everyone with his apparent happiness at the news, and he sees this as proof that he could never kill his father, although he still fears that he may somehow commit incest with his mom. The messenger... Okay, so he's talking about, like, his mom, like, King Polymus' wife. He did say that, where he didn't want to go back to Corinth because he was scared he was going to sleep with that mom. The messenger... Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so he's scared he was going to go back and, and get with his mom over there, like that mom. The messenger, eager to ease Oedipus's mind, tells him not to worry because the queen, Merope of Corinth, was not in fact his real mother anyway. Uh-oh. The messenger turns out to be the very shepherd who had looked and abandoned... No, 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 that's, that was two separate characters, bro. Alright, well look, in this summary, the mess I'm telling you, in the play, there's old man from Corinth, and then there's this other shepherd guy who shows up who also he kind of looks like Santa Claus, but he's like skinny and, and kind of small. In the play, there's two different ones. I don't even know if I'm reading this right. Alright. The messenger turns out to be the very shepherd who had looked after an abandoned child, which he later took to Corinth and gave up to King Polymus for adoption. Got that. He is also the very same shepherd. Who witnessed the murder of Laios. No, these are two separate people, bro. By now, Jocasta is beginning to realize the truth and desperately begs Oedipus to stop asking questions. But Oedipus presses the shepherd, threatening him with torture or execution until it finally emerges that the child he gave away was Laios' own son and that Jocasta had given the baby to the shepherd to secretly be exposed Upon the mountainside. I said gravel pit, but mountainside is what it actually is. In fear of the prophecy that Jocasta said had never come true, that the child would kill his father. With all now finally revealed, Oedipus curses himself with his tragic destiny and stumbles off. As the chorus laments how even a great man can be felled by fate, a servant enters and explains to Jocasta when she had begun to suspect the truth. Or no, I'm sorry. A servant enters and explains that Jocasta, when she had begun to suspect the truth, had ran into the palace bedroom and hanged herself there. Oedipus enters, deliriously calling for a sword so that he might kill himself. Ah, see, I thought he ran in. He was looking for a sword to kill his wife, Mom. Okay, so Oedipus was looking for a sword to kill himself and raging through the house until he comes upon Jocasta's body. In final despair, Oedipus takes too long Gold pins, no, no, in the play they said brooches, but pins, whatever, from her dress, and puts them into his eyes. Now blind, Oedipus begs to be exiled as soon as possible, and asks Crayon to look after his two daughters, Antigone and Ismene. Lamenting that they should have been born to such a cursed family. Crayon counsels that Oedipus should be kept in the palace until oracles can be consulted regarding what is best to be done. I miss that. And the play ends as the chorus wails, count no man happy till he dies, free of pain at last. I kind of got that. All right.
That wasn't so bad. I got closer on this one than I did on Macbeth. I I missed quite a bit on Macbeth. This one, I did, I, I seriously think try, like watching, even though the language was about as complicated, being able to watch it really helps, especially with the different color robes on. So, Anyway, guys, that's the story of Oedipus Rex. I don't know. I'm going to call that a, uh, we'll give that a C plus. I missed, uh, I thought the one dude was two dudes. Or I thought the two dudes was one. Either way, I had some mistakes going in here. We'll call it C plus, B minus. B minus if teacher's on a good day. Ah, C plus is fine. All right, that's the plot of Oedipus Rex, guys. Look at that, Greek classic. I There wasn't even like a sex scene with his mom. It was mostly just talking, and he started out as a king. Look at that. All right, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week uh, on Patreon and with a public episode. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed it, and uh, I'll talk to you guys later on. All right, I'll see you.